Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefel is the medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. Its in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Amen. How many are ready to be sharpened this morning? Wow. This morning... I feel that rare pastors are in the house. Hallelujah. Hungry to grow our churches. And the Bible says that the expectation of the poor shall not be cut off. So I believe that whatever expectation you have that has led you to this place, God is going to meet it in the name of Jesus. Or oh, I said in the name of Jesus. This morning, once again, we are blessed to have a bishop in our midst, an anointed man that God has used to raise up many, many, many pastors. He's the dean of our Bible school and our Bible seminary. And over the decades have raised up pastors, sent missionaries, not just in Ghana, but all over the world. Hallelujah. Amen. He pastors a lot of churches in Accra. And what we are experiencing here has been going on for the past six years in Accra. Last year, the last day, 5,000 people were sitting, pastors, workers, listening. Hallelujah. And it doesn't only happen in Ghana. Yesterday we had him in the UK, in Kenya, in Europe. He goes around doing this great thing that God has laid it upon his heart that help other churches to grow. Hallelujah. I believe Tamale and the North here, we are blessed to have him in our midst. And I know that this morning, as we have come hungry, as we have come opening our mouth wide, hallelujah, as we have come not to strike the ground just three times, but receive as many times. Some just received yesterday, but you you are going to strike the ground so many times. And that shows the number of times that you are attending the conference. Hallelujah. And I believe that at the end of the day, something definitely is going to be imparted into your life. If you are ready to receive the anointed vessel, somebody who has the yeast in him. Hallelujah. And we are going to be infected with some of this yeast. Hallelujah. Amen. And your church, it's not permitted to stay as it is. If you are in a classroom, you will grow and outside that classroom. Hallelujah. Amen. I've been to the bakery before and you see, they put a small loaf, like a line inside. But by the next day, before the bread is baked, it has risen and it has 
overflown. Hallelujah. The can has become too small. Amen. The can, which symbolizes the size of your classroom, would not be able to contain you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are excited as I am, ready as I am, I want you to stand to your feet, giving honor to whom honor is due. Let's welcome Bishop Jemanuel Lewis in Tefo to minister to us this morning. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. Clap your hands for the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Father, thank you for another opportunity that we have to be in your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, yesterday, I spoke about the fact that it is very important for us to desire to build large churches and to have a mindset and see yourself as a mega church pastor. Amen? Many years ago, in the 90s, when Bishop Dark started Lyra Chapel International, and the church was quite small, about maybe 200, 250 people, when we moved to our first cathedral, where I am now, he put a sign on the wall and he said, the mega church. The mega church. Many people were not happy that he put that there. They said, why the mega church? Say a mega church, not the mega church. Do you see? But it was a prophetic confession, declaration of what was in his heart. Hallelujah. For as a man is in his heart, so is he. And truly, truly, God has used him to build a mega church. Yeah. So last year, and it has been removed since, I told my people, we are going back to it. So now when you come back to the cathedral, I'll put it back, the mega church. Amen. So have a new mindset that God can use you to build a large church. And number two, we realize that we need a growth booster. Something that will influence church growth. And we spoke about the revelation of the living. That Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 33, that the kingdom of God is like um, a woman who took living and put in three portions of meal until it living the whole lamp. And we realize that living is an influence. Something that if you add, the, the women who bake bread, they add the yeast to the corn dough to cause it to explode. So if you add, and the living has 
negative influence and positive influence. The living of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, their false doctrines had negative influence. And the living in the Corinthian church, the spirit of fornication, had negative influence. But remember that it is the influence that we are talking about. Amen? I get what I'm saying. It's like money. Money in your hands can influence your life positively or negatively based on what you do with it. How many of you agree? Yes. So, living is also the church growth messages, the church growth anointing, the revelation on church growth. Do you understand it? The strategies on church growth that we need to apply in our churches for our churches to grow. And we realize that there are three components of them that at this conference we must carry home. Number one, the wisdom for church growth. Number two, being ready for God to change our stereotypes. And number three, the anointing for church growth. Now, this morning, I want to start with church growth and the right attitude of a pastor. Church growth and the right attitude of a pastor. Now, if the church you are pastoring is not growing, it is your fault. If the church that you are pastoring is not growing, you are the cause. Hallelujah. Why? Because everything starts and ends with the pastor. And that is why, as a pastor, you must have certain very good attitudes that would ensure the growth of your church. And uh, at this morning's session, I want to start with that. Now, the first attitude that you need for church growth is that you must have a heart for church growth. You must have a heart for church growth. Amen. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it, out of your heart, are the issues of life. Hallelujah. Huh? One translation says, listen to this, above all else, guard your affections. For they influence everything else in your life. And the Message Bible translation says, Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That is where life starts. Hallelujah. So, life begins in your heart. Life begins in your heart. Hallelujah. Life begins in your heart. Your actions 
are as a result of what is in your heart. How many of you agree? Yeah. Your actions are as a result of what is in your heart. What is in your heart, you, you would put it into action. Yeah. Your heart is where your life is. Hmm. Yes. Your life. Your heart. If the heart stops right now, that is it. It's finished. You are gone. You are gone. So, church growth begins and continues first and foremost in the heart of a pastor. Your journey to growing a large church must start in your heart. In your heart. Your heart must decide to have church growth. You know, thank God for this conference. But I tell you, you can attend this conference and attend so many other such conferences if your heart does not accept the concept of church growth. You will not see church growth. You will not see it. You will not see it. Amen. So the first attitude you need to have if you want to grow a large church is that you must have a heart. You must have a heart that wants to have church growth. Amen? Do you understand it? Then, number two, number two, the second reason why you must have a heart for church growth is because now everybody clench your hand like this. Clench it. And look at it. Can you see it? Eh? Very good. Now look at it again. Your physical heart, your physical heart that is within your chest is approximately the size of your clenched hand. So the size of your heart that you have is approximately the size of your clenched hand. Now listen to this. Listen to this. It is your hands that you use to work. Amen? The ministry is the work of your hand. If the ministry is the work of your hand, and your hand is the size of your heart, then it means that the size of your heart determines the work of your hand. So the size of your ministry is determined by the size of the heart that you have. Small heart, small ministry. Big heart, big ministry. If your heart is a local heart, local ministry. If your heart is national heart, national ministry. If your heart is international heart, international ministry. Yes. 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 You see, some of us, 
where you are, you are very comfortable there. With the 15 members for the last five years, you are so comfortable. Hmm? The pastor's heart is important because it influences everything. It influences everything. So, what type of heart do you have today? If your heart is not the heart that thinks about church growth, that wants church growth, that pursues church growth, begin to have that heart now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the church, listen to this, the church doesn't just grow. The church must be made to grow. Write it down. The church doesn't just grow. The church must be made to grow. And that process starts with your heart. May you receive a heart that wants church growth. May you receive a heart that wants church growth. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Wow. So, so, the first attitude, I'm talking about the attitude of a pastor and church growth. The first attitude you need to have is that you must have a heart for church growth. You must have a heart for church growth. There are two reasons why you must have a, church, a heart for church growth. Number one, because everything starts from the heart. And number two, because the size of your heart determines the size of your ministry. Amen. I've been having church growth in Accra for a number of uh, years. You know, but I was thinking, what about our brothers in the north? Who maybe may not be able to come. Let, let me go there. Let me go there. And share what is in my heart with them. So that if they're not too, we can have large churches. That is why I'm here. What is in my heart is what has brought me here. That is why we are having this conference. Do you understand it? So everything. Look. Probably this is the greatest revelation. What is in your heart? What is in your heart? Yes. You must have that heart because the size of your ministry is determined by the size of your heart. So that is the first attitude. How many of you have understood the first attitude? Your heart. Eh? Guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. The issues of life, including church growth. Number two, have a vision for church growth. Have a vision for church growth. You see, we are laying all these foundations that are going to jolt you 
into a pastor who wants to grow a large church. You, 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 cannot, you cannot just get up and then your church has become big. When you don't have a vision. A vision is something that you see. A vision is something that you aspire. A vision is something that you want. A vision is something that you desire. And two statements very quickly. You cannot become what you have not seen. Write it down. You cannot become what you have not seen. And number two, you don't make your vision, but your vision makes you. You don't make your vision, but your vision makes you. Your vision makes you. You will never become something unless you have seen that thing and unless you desire that thing. That is what I mean by a vision. Hallelujah. I want to say it again. You can never become something that you don't see. Now, when I talk about vision, there are two aspects of this vision that I want to talk about. The first one is that, okay, you must see something for you to become it. You must see something for you to become it. Did you know that professional footballers watch videos? Professional footballers, they watch videos. So, if there is a, a professional footballer in Ghana who is a top striker, who wants to become like Ronaldo, they get videos of Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, and they watch it. How many of you know that? They watch it. What are they watching? When he gets the ball, how does he move? How does he place himself? What are his movements? How does he jump? Even how does he celebrate? If you watch, if you watch football, those of who watch football, many strikers in the world even celebrate like Cristiano Ronaldo. When they score, they run and then they do. Yeah. That is how he celebrates. How do they see it from? They watch. They watch. They watch. They watch. What are they watching? They want to become. Yes. Boxers have admirers. They say, I want to become like this person. And they get their videos and then they watch. They watch. That is why I was talking to you about the Charisma. Watch. Watch Bishop Doug. Amen. Preaching. Gospel bliss. 
Watch him at the crusades. Praying for the sick. Watch the miracles. Watch the crowds. As you watch, unconsciously, without you knowing, you are turning and changing and becoming what you are seeing. When it comes to church growth, it's the same thing. You must see large churches. You must see. When you close your eyes, you must see a large congregation. Dr. Nyongicho, the pastor of the largest church in the world, he started with five members in 1958 in a small, dilapidated American army tent in a suburb of Seoul, Korea. After the Korea War, there were five people. Then gradually, he moved on. At a point, he said that when he was preaching in church, he shouted so much that the church members would tell the pastor, we are only a few. We are only a few, so don't shout too much. We are only a few. But he said, the reason why he was shouting so much was that to him, he was preaching to a large congregation. Then at a point, when he was preaching, he would look at the balconies. There was nobody there said, those of you at the balcony, listen to what I'm saying. Don't, don't disturb. Be part of the service. Those of you at the balcony, say amen. It got to a point that people in town will come, head about two, will come and see the pastor who was mad in his church. But you see, with his spiritual eyes, the Bible says that God calls those things that are not as if they were. I get what I'm saying. Eh? With his spiritual eyes, he was seeing a large church. And surely, 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 God has used him to build the largest church which is in the Guinness Books of Records. And if you are a pastor, I encourage you to go to Korea. Go and see church. Go and see church. They have, they have seven services on a Sunday. And they have a, every service has a choir. The choir is about, the choir should be about, about 160, about 160 people. The choir. And every, or even more, every service has a different choir and an orchestra. When they close one service, it takes a long time for all the people to go out. And then, when the gates are open for the next service, within a matter of minutes, you see, this is the picture. When they open the gate, the person is full. Now, you remember your church, when the people are coming. But you are becoming a mega church pastor in the name of Jesus. 
again when you see your church members coming to church. The way they are just slow, making phone calls, sending WhatsApp. Eh? Sit down, sit down. When, when two people come, it takes another 25 minutes for another person to come. At 7, that should start at 8. You end up starting at 10.30. But from today, that shall not be your testimony. In the name of Jesus. Amen? Eh? From today, from today, your story is changing. In Isaiah chapter 5, God said, And I will haste to the nations and cause them to come to you, and they shall come to you with speed swiftly. With speed swiftly. Hallelujah. So the point I'm trying to make is that see your big church before you actually see it. See before you see. See before you see. See before you see. Yes. Do you understand it? See it in the realm of your eyes. Visualize it. That is why I encourage our pastors and I tell them on some of the Sundays leave your church and go to a large church. Just go and see. Because what you see influences you. So there are some of the Sundays let your assistant preach. And go to a church that is large. And just see it. You see, suddenly you realize that, ah. I mean, there are different levels of churches. Because sometimes, sometimes, even in your home, you can be in your home and the walls can become dirty. The children have scratched the walls. I mean, they have done things that you, you don't see. But when a visitor comes, the visitor can see what is wrong in your house. So, sometimes you stay in your church and you just get used to the smallness, the littleness, and the environment. But when you go to another church, then you understand it. Suddenly you see that, hey, I can move to another level. I can move to another level. So, this is something very good that you need to practice. Yes. Amen. That you need to practice. From time to time, you just go to a big church. See how the people are coming in. See how the people are coming in. Do you understand it? See how the church is organized. See how the congregation is. See how different services have been done. It will affect you. It will affect you. It will change how you are seeing. What you are seeing. Hallelujah. And in the Bible, you will see this principle. You will see God. God's people applying this principle. Yes. Look at Genesis chapter 13. God told Abraham, listen, God told Abraham that his church, the size of his church, would depend on how much he could see. Genesis chapter 13. From verse 14, 
God said that the size of land Abraham will possess, that is, the size of his church, will depend on what Abraham will see. And the Lord said unto Abraham, after that Lord was separated after him, lift up now thy eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land, for all the land, for all the land, watch it, for all the land, which thou, what? Shout it. Shout it. For all the land which thou seest, today will I give it and to thy seed forever. Which land was Abraham going to receive? What was the size of the land? He says, all the land that you see. All the land that you see. All the land that you see. The size of Abraham's church was limited by what he could see. God said, lift up your eyes. North, see north, south, east, west. All the land that thou seest, all the land that thou seest, today will I give it and to thy seed forever. Abraham, the size of, church, of your church depends on how much you can see. If you can see only 20 people for the rest of your life, that is it. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Cho says that when he was building the church, he got to 3,000 people. He got to 3,000 people after about seven years. And the church was not going again. And he used to ask God, did you call me to make me a pastor of only 3,000 people? Am I going to have 3,000 people for the rest of my life? He used to ask God. In other words, he was not happy with 3,000 people. Yeah. And then now God began to ink his church until he came to 50,000 people. And when he got to 50,000 people, he was comfortable. And the Lord said, if you can believe me for 100,000 people, I'll give you 100,000 people. So he believed God for 100,000 and then he got to 100,000. When he got to 100,000 people, the Lord said, if you can believe me for 200, I'll give you 200. If you can believe me for 300, I'll give you 300. If you can believe me for 400, I can, I'll give you. Until he got to 500. Then he, the Lord told him, if you can believe me for 700, I'll give you 700,000 people. When he got to 700,000 people, he told his wife, now we are okay. We are grown we have not been enjoying. We don't go on any holidays. So it's okay. So they decided. The wife was very happy. And then they went somewhere. They went on a ministry trip. I think to Japan or Australia or so. And whilst he was there, the Lord spoke to him. And the Lord said, if you can believe me for one million people, I'll give you one million people. As he was there, he turned and looked at the wife like that. And the wife said, You. God has spoken to you. God has spoken to you. I told you that you will not stop. God has spoken to you. They said, okay, said, what did the Lord say? He said, if I can believe him for one million people, he'll give me one million. Look, 
what you become depends on how much you can see. Lift up your hands and see a large church. Amen. Are you receiving the living? Is it this a living? This a living. This a living. Abraham, what you can see, I'll give to you. And Bible historians say that. Bible historians say that. Okay. The land that God wanted to give to Israel included all these other Arab nations. But Abraham and subsequently Joshua could see a portion. And that is what was given to them. So you are sitting in your church at Zabelugu, Narulugu, Salaga, eh, Paga, and all that you can see, all that you can see eh, is 50 people. For the five years, that is how you will be. That is how you continue to be. That is how you continue to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Men of God, you are welcome. Amen. So remember now in Genesis chapter 12. God told Abraham that he was going to make out of him a great nation. Do you remember? Genesis chapter 12. Get thee out of your father's house, eh? of your kindred, okay? And I'll make of thee a great nation, and I'll bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And thou shalt be a blessing. Hallelujah. Many, many, many years later, Abraham had not even given birth to one child. He had not even given birth to one child. So he thought to himself, how am I going to become a great nation? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. So Abraham became depressed. Look at Genesis chapter 15. He sat under his tent. He was depressed. The church was not growing. Lord, when you were calling me into ministry, you told me that you were going to make me a great man of God. You are going to make me a great man. You are going to Make me a mega church. I'll be in the ministry for 15 years with only 55 people. He was depressed. Genesis chapter 15. Amen. He was depressed. From verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, Lord God, what would thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. Always you are telling me that I'll make a 
you have a great nation and all that. When I look around me, apart from my wife and two ashes that I started with, I have not seen anything. Yeah. There are many pastors here who are discouraged. Because you felt that you could do more for the Lord. You felt you could do more for the Lord. Yeah. You came into ministry with a lot of energy and hope. You wanted to win a lot of people for the Lord. And 12 years into the ministry, you are wondering, what is happening here? With 12 people, with 50 people, with 30 people. Eh? Yeah. Abraham, that's why God told him, fear not. Maybe you, you get to a point in the ministry where it's like your personal survivor is at stake. And he was complaining. Verse 3. Verse 3. And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is my hair. Lord, when you called me, you said that you used me to win souls. Where are the souls? He was complaining. He was sitting under his tent, very depressed. Hey, pastors, we can be very depressed. I've had several pastors coming to see me in my office and say, Bishop, I feel I've given up. The church is not working. The church is not working. About four to five weeks ago, a pastor came to my office. He said, Bishop, the church is not working. I feel like giving up. So I encouraged him. And gave him some things, some books, some strategies. And I said, you should come and see me in about three months' time or so. Amen? Verse 4. Verse 4. I am talking about, I am talking about the right attitude that a pastor must have in order to experience church growth. Number one, have a heart for church growth. Because life begins from your heart. You will never become something that you despise. Yeah. If you are in the north here as a pastor and you don't like Reverend Eastwood, you will never have the type of ministry that God has given to you. What you despise, you don't receive. What you admire, you receive. Amen? Hallelujah! Verse 4. Verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be the hair, but he that shall come forth out of the bowels shall be the hair. The second thing that I'm talking about, the second attitude that I'm talking about, is the attitude of having a vision. And I'm talking about the first aspect of the vision. is seeing. 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 See, see, see a great church of your eyes. See greatness. See largeness. See it in the, in the realm of your heart and of your spirit and of your eyes. See it. Visit large churches. 
and receive inspiration. Hallelujah. Huh? Verse 5. Watch everybody. Watch everybody. This is the key. And he brought him forth abroad. Abroad. Outside. Because he was sitting under his tent depressed. Complaining to God. So God said, let's go outside. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now towards heaven and tell the stars. If thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Watch. Abraham, look at the stars. Look at the stars. Begin to count the stars. Abraham started. One, two, three, four, five, hundred, uh, five hundred and fifty, seven hundred and fifty, thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand. Uh, at a point was collapsing. Because he has gotten to, you know, uh, one forty-five thousand. There were so many. And God said, what you have seen? Watch. Watch. Look now toward the heaven and tell the stars. If thou be able to number them, and he said unto them, So shall thy seed be. Your seed will be just as what you are seeing. You are greatly affected in the ministry by what you see. Yeah. That is why your ministry friends you must select them carefully. Some of you, you are always moving with pastors, you know, complaining, who are just, you know, they are very happy with smallness. I mean, they have downgraded the ministry. If you are a junior pastor and you have a senior pastor that is blessed in the ministry, look at him carefully. Learn from him and become like him. Instead of having a desire to run away very quickly to go and start your own ministry. These days it has become the fashion for junior pastors. They also want to be founders and presidents of your ministry. I have only one advice for you. It is better to be the tie the tie of an elephant than the head of an ant. It's about Anchaba, as you are in Wade, faithfully serving Reverend Eastwood in the ministry. What, what will you do get? Church building, helpers, any assistant in the ministry. ministry. You only become greater and greater and greater and greater and greater. But you see, you see, it's like I also want to start that you are going to hide in a small classroom. You are struggling there. And you are angry with the church members, 15 church members that they don't give offerings enough. So you, you can't pay your children's school fees. Amen? That is just a little lesson. And he said, appoint me thy wages and I will give it. Hallelujah. And Jacob said to him, Thou knowest how I have served thee and how thy cattle was with me. For it was little which thou hast before I came, and it is now increased into a multitude. May your church increase into a multitude. Yes. 
after this conference in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the Lord had blessed thee since my coming. And now, when shall I provide for my own house also? And he said, what shall I give thee? So Jacob said, what shall I give thee? And Jacob said, thou shalt not give me anything. If thou wilt do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flock. I will pass through all the flock today, removing from thence all the speckled and spotted cattle, and all the brown cattle among the sheep, and the spotted and the speckled among the goats, and of such shall my high be. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall come from my high before thy face, everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. And Laban said, Behold, I would it might be according to thy word. Now listen. This is what, this is what um, Jacob said. Come. 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 The yellow people, come. Yes, come. Yeah, you come. You come. Sunny. And a few green. Alright. No, the deep green. The deep green. Yes. Laban had a multicolored head of goats, sheep, cows. And Jacob said, Today, I'm going to walk through the flock and select the spotted and the speckled. And they will be my high. The rest are yours. And he said, as the years go by, if you ever come into my head and you find goat, sheep, cow that are not speckled or spotted, take it that I stole them. Do whatever you want to do with me. When he said it, neighbor said, good idea. Very good idea. Why? Because he knew that there were few of such colors. Okay, so he said, this my, this my nephew, I thought he was wise, but after all, he's not too wise. Then, listen, after Laban has agreed, he did something. Go to verse 35. And he removed that day the he goes that were ring straight and spotted and all the she goes that were speckled and spotted and everyone that had white in it and the brown among the sheep and gave them unto the hands of his sons. This is Laban. After he had agreed, do you know what he did? He went through the head and removed this same sheep that Jacob had asked he removed all of them. So please, all those of you in these two colors, come and join them. Join them. Come, come and join them. Yellow and green. Come. Come and join them. He removed all. He removed all. This is Laban. And called his sons. Come. One. Son one. Stand here. Stand here. Son two. 
and three. Join them. And gave this to them. Go. Go, go, go to the... Listen. Do you remember Laban? When he said he would give Rachel to, to, to Jacob, he cheated him. Once again. He's doing it again. After he has agreed that, oh, you can take the spotted and the speckled. Then he went through, Laban, he went through, collected all of them and gave them to his sons. So that when Jacob went through them, alright, he would either have none or very few of them. There are people who have decided to cheat you in the ministry. But listen, God is your rewarder. And God will reward you. I say God is reward you. He's the lifter up of your head. He will lift up your head. Can I have an amen? Now watch me. I am talking about the power of vision for church growth. That you must see. So what did Jacob do? Verse 36. And he set three days journey between himself and Jacob. After he has done that, eh, he made Jacob to go away three days journey. So if you walk from uh, Tamale towards Bogatanga, three days, wherever you reach. So this is Laban's ship and then that is where your ship will be. Wow. And Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flock. The rest of Laban's flock are those of us sitting down here. Without the speckled and the spotted that he wanted for himself. He has given, Laban has given those ones to his sons. So how was Reverend Dr. Jacob going to build a mega church? He used the power of vision. Watch! God God gave him living. God gave him wisdom. God gave him an idea. God gave him a strategy. May God open your eyes. May God open your eyes about something that you must do in your ministry. How are you going to grow your church? How is your church going to become a mega church? May God open your eyes. May God infuse you with a strategy. Hallelujah. Now look at what Jacob did. And Jacob took him rods of green poplar. Rods. Can I have green t-shirt? Green t-shirt. Green t-shirt. Very good. Now, I need, I need a chair. Give me a chair. Give me this chair. Put it here. Remember. Remember. Can I have a yellow one? Is there anybody who has a vest like he has? Yellow. Yellow. Very good. I'm showing you something that you will never forget. You will never forget. Give me another chair. These are the sheep and goats and cows that Jacob wanted. 
they were not given to him. Even though in agreement, Laban said yes. But in the practical implementation of the agreement, he swerved him. But God gave him wisdom. And Jacob took him rods of green poplar and of the hazel and chestnut tree and peeled white streaks in them and made the white appear which was in the rods. And he set the rods which he had peeled before the flocks in the gutters in the watering traps when the flocks came to drink. Watch. He was tending the flocks of Laban. Anytime they wanted to drink, there was a place that he brought them. This is where they have to come and drink. Do you understand it? And what did Jacob do? He placed the speckled and the spotted color from the poplar tree right in front of them. So when they come to drink, as they are drinking, what are they seeing? They are seeing the speckled and the spotted. When the, when the sheep come, when the goats come to come and drink, as they are drinking, because have you seen how goats and sheep, they drink like this? Anytime they lift up their eyes, what do they see? The spotted and the spotted. Watch. That they should conceive when they came to drink. And the flood conceived, and the flood conceived before the rod, and brought forth cattle, red streak, speckled, and spotted. Watch this. Watch this. Come, my brother. Look at his color. His color is not this color. But when he comes and he drinks, as he's drinking, he'll be looking at this color. As he's drinking, he'll be looking at this color. When he conceives, he conceives what it saw. Anytime he was living here in the realm of the spirit, what he saw, what he saw is painted on, on spirit. And when it was time for it to give birth, it gave birth to what it saw. And watch this. Go down. And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flock towards the rim. So, each one. Now, come. I need yellow. He came to drink. He saw. He had given birth to this and Jacob separated. Go here. Another time. Do you understand it? He comes to drink. He conceives. Gives birth to this. How many of you understand it? And then Jacob separates it. By, by the agreement, the agreement was that all the speckled and the spotted was his. And even though the original ones were taken, God gave him wisdom that let the flock see, let them see. When they see and they conceive, they will produce, they will bring forth what they saw. Like that. Like that. Like that. Some of them, thank you, sit down. Come. Come. Yes, come. This one, when he comes and drinks, he drinks, he drinks, and he's going. This is what is printed in his spirit. He goes with it. He conceives, and then when he conceives, 
It brings forth. Yes. And when it brings forth, Jacob will separate. Separate them. Separate them. Separate them. Even though this is his original color, but he will bring forth to what he saw. Even though today your church is a little church, but if you can if you, if you can begin to see a large church, you will conceive in the realm of the spirit, in your spiritual room, you will conceive what you see. You will conceive and bring forth a large church that you see. Are you clapping your hands for Jesus? He separated them. And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flock toward the ring straight and all the brown in the flock of Laban and he put his own flocks by themselves and put them not onto Laban's cattle. So he separated. This Laban's cattle, this is Jacob's cattle. So by using this strategy, look at the next verse. And it came to pass. Watch this. Watch this. Whenever the stronger cattle did conceive that Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters. When they were strong eh, cattle, can I have some strong, macho brothers? You have some one or two? Yeah, come. Strong ones. Come. Come, 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 come. Yes. The three of you stand here. The four of you stand here. Watch. Is it? Laban's flock was made up of strong ones, weaker ones. When the strong ones conceived and they came, he would put the rods before them. He would put the rods before them. So what will happen? And it came to pass whenever the stronger cattle did conceive that Laban laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters that they might conceive among the rods. Continue. But when the cattle were feeble, let me look for a feeble brother. Stand here, stand here. Stand here. Stand here. Feeble. Ah, this one. Look at him. Now come, come, come. Stand here. Look at the two of them. Which one is feeble? This one is strong. This feeble. Is that not so? Alright. When the sheep, the goats, who were feeble, conceived, and he brought them to the gutter. He removed. Can you come here? I think you are blocking this one. Come here. He removed it. But when the stronger ones come, the other one, no, the other one. Stand here. When they were coming to drink. Why? Because you conceive what you see. That's the whole principle. You conceive and you bring back to what you see. If you're a pastor, you want to have a big church, you must see a big church in the realm of, the, in the realm of your eyes, your spiritual eyes, and then you give back to it. 
You give birth to it. Like that. But when the weaker ones conceived, he will not do it. Now, thank you. What was the result? Thank you. Sit down. What was the result? Verse 43. And the man, my God, and the man who had nothing, Jacob who had nothing, remember he had nothing. Remember that when he said, I paid to me my wages, even what he asked for, the man cheated him. He had nothing. But the man who had nothing, using the principle of the power of vision that God gave to him, may God give you a vision. May God show you something. May God open your eyes. May God infuse you with certain wisdom at this conference. And the man increased exceedingly and had much cattle and men servants and men servants and camels and asses. Now you are you are that man. You are that man. Now you didn't hear me. I said you are that man. I said you are that man. You are going to increase mightily. He had men servants. Some of you in your current church, everything you have to do it on your own. You are in charge of the choir. You are in charge of the ashes, prayer ministry. You preach, you take the offering yourself. You go to the bank yourself. You do the outreaches yourself. One, one day, one of my pastors called me and said, Bishop, you see I'm here. I said, you are where? He said, I've come for outreach. I said, oh, very good. But, but he said, but have you seen? I said, I've seen what? He said, the members didn't come. I'm the only one here. Yeah. He became so frustrated that he gave up on that service. But look at him. He had made servants and men servants. He had people who were in the prayer ministry, people who were ashes, people who were in the choir ministry, people who were helping with administration. You are going to have all kinds of people in the church. A lot of people, men's fellowship, women's fellowship, youth ministry, youth ministry. Amen? Eh? Your children alone will be multitudes. Hmm. Currently, our youth ministry has 800. 800. The young people. They are doing all kinds of things. We are training them to become musicians, instrumentalists. Some of them are doing sales. So many different things. But this is the point. Remember that Jacob didn't have even one sheep. So how did he become the man increase a seed in How? He used this principle. You must see before you become. You must see. So from today, make sure that you see the right things. If you see discouragement, you'll be discouraged all the time. That is why you must watch videos of large churches. Choose a man of God that you like. Watch his videos. Watch his videos. Listen to his messages. Follow his ministry. See, just see. 
One day you tell like that. You know, many years ago, thank you so much. Clap your hands for these ones. This principle that I'm sharing with you, it happened to Bishop Doug. My father in the ministry. He said, when he started the ministry, he really loved Fred Price. The ministry of Fred Price. And he would watch the man's videos. He would watch the man's videos over and over and over and over and over and over again. Till one day, his father, Bishop Dark's father, entered the room and saw him watching and said, do you think you can become a priest by watching somebody? But I remember that one time he said, he was preaching at the cathedral at Kolegon. And when he was preaching, he went into the congregation and was preaching and talking to them. Then at that point, the Holy Spirit said, have you seen you have become? Have you seen you have become? Then suddenly it occurred to him that this picture that he saw in Fred ministry, preaching to a large congregation, walking up and down among the congregation, you know, preaching and interacting with them, was exactly what he was saying. You see, he had become the thing that he had been watching many, many, many years. One time we went for a pastor's church workers camp meeting. And then Bishop Dad said he was going to show us a video. So he showed us a video on fair price. So he asked, Can you see anything? I cannot remember how many identical things we came up between him and fair price. The way he holds the mic. If you listen to Bishop Dad, there's a lot of humor in his preaching. Same thing. The way he works up and down. We came up with so many similarities. Because you see, pastors, that is an attitude that you must have. Amen. That is an attitude. Now, Somebody will tell you that you are becoming a clone. I get what I'm saying. A clone. A, a clone is like, like not an original version. You are becoming a clone. But let me tell you something. How do children learn languages? The, the, the method that God has given to humanity... To be able to learn things fast is copying. Copy what you see. Copy what you see. Copy what you see. See this comment I'm having here. Easy. It's without stress. I've just copied my first. That's all. That's all. Without stress. I mean, without stress, I humbly copy. Humbly copy. About two years ago, I went to somewhere to go and preach. And I visited one of the fathers in the land. He told me, he said, Bishop Intefo, 
we have made a mistake. We have made a mistake. I said, why? He said, when Bishop Dark started preaching about the lay ministry, the mega church, loyalty and disloyalty, he said, we scorned at him. This, this was one of the fathers in the land. He said, we scorned at him. We laughed. We said, what is he talking about? And he was telling me, if we have learned our ministries, when I was talking to him, he was about to leave the town. Somewhere that he has been there for decades. But the ministry was, the ministry was not at the level that he wanted it to be. And he told me, he told me, we have made a mistake. Hallelujah. Hello? Look, if you want to be a pastor, one of the things that we need is humility. Humility. For so he giveth grace to the humble. For God giveth grace to the humble, but resisted the proud. Amen? Yesterday I introduced this book to you. Church Growth. Why is it? Yes. Church Growth. 18 sessions. Church growth and a burning vision. Church growth and lay people. Church growth and pastoral techniques. Now, the person who wrote this book, God has used him to build a very large denomination. So, when he says that by using lay people in your ministry, you build a large church, you just humble yourself and say, look, based on what I see, based, is it Jesus, that was Jesus' frustration with the Pharisees. He says, believe in me or believe in the works that I do. Now, if you don't believe in me, no problem. But what about the works? You shall know them by their fruits. You shall know them by their fruits. So if I were you, if I were you, yesterday I told you three books that I want you to have. The church growth, mega church, and church planting. Master these three books. Master them. Study them chapter by chapter. Implement the strategies in, in, in one of the chapters of the mega church. I think chapter 14 or so. Bishop gives, he gives 14 church growth principles. 14 church growth principles that he applied in his church and God has blessed I have applied them in my church and God has blessed my church. There's a pastor he's in Kenya. He had never met Bishop Dark. He didn't even know about Bishop Dark. Somebody gave him this book several years ago. He was going to start a, a church. So he and the wife sat in their bedroom and they studied this book, the mega church. And build their church based on everything that Bishop Dark said here. Within a short time, they grew the church to 800 people. So the point I'm making this morning to you is that open your eyes and see. See. What you see, you become. That is why, pastors, it's very important for you to travel. Yes. Traveling opens your eyes. Hello? Traveling opens your eyes. 
That is why you must attend conferences like this. Because, you see, when you attend the conference, you see other things. Don't stay in one place. Don't stay in one place. Part of the ministry is traveling. Part of the ministry is traveling. Yeah. Sometimes, Bishop, that carries all of us, about 50 of us. Last year, we were about 100 from lighthouse churches worldwide, about 100, we went to Korea to attend Dr. Cho's church group conference. And then when you go there, you see the church, you see different aspects of the church. One of the strategies that we use in lighthouse a lot is using lay people. A lot of our pastors are lay people. We thought that we were advanced until we went to Korea. And we saw millionaire businessmen being ashes, sitting in offices as volunteers. Sometimes you sit in your church and you feel very good. But you must travel somewhere. Hey, where is that? Hey, no, 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 no. I should not feel as good as I am. I'm feeling. How many of you are here? So I'm talking about the right attitude of a pastor and church group. The first attitude is that have a heart for church group. Number two, have a vision. And the first aspect of the vision is that see. See! Lift up your right hand and say, I am seen. Stand to your feet and lift up your two hands and ask the Lord to ask the Lord to help you to have the right heart for church growth and also to see. Lift up your two hands and begin to pray. Begin to pray. Tell the Lord, help me to see. Help me to see. Help me to see. Give me a heart for church growth. Lift up your hands and pray. Tell the Lord, give me a heart for church growth. Give me a heart for church growth. Give me a heart for church growth. And cause me to see. Cause me to see. Cause me to see a large church. Cause me to see. Give me dreams and visions of a large church. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Matari Bahokashi Tari Mahaya. Lebakari Andiri Bahokashi Tari Bosete. Oh, yes. Help us to see. Give us new eyes. Eyes for large churches. Eyes for large churches. Give me an eye for a large church. Give me an eye for a large church. Give me an eye for a large church. In the name of Jesus. Mataribo sepali bahaya. Atakataribo zepi karibo hoshita. Yiniri de bikiri andiri bohokoshita. Asatare boho. Mindiriya.
Sabiri bohokari andiri bohoset. Lift up your hands and pray. Pray. Yes, Lord. La bahaya shata. Bandiri bosete. May your eyes open. May your eyes open. Receive a new heart. A heart for church growth. A heart that desires. That desires church growth. A heart that desires church growth. A heart that desires church growth. A heart that desires church growth. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Rabaha shete. Zantiri bohoko shibalia. Aparamatere. Ikatandiri mosiba. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Clap your hands for the Lord and may be seated. Amen. Now, how many of you understand what you are talking about? Is it a very important thing? The first attitude you need is to have a heart. Church growth. Yeah. Pastors, do you remember your wife? Your wife. You had a heart to marry her. That's why she's your wife today. When we were growing up, there was a literature book. When the heart decides. How many of you read it? Many of you are young. When the heart decides. Number two, have a vision. The first part aspect of the vision is to see. There is a second aspect of the vision. That's what I want to talk about right now. Amen. And the second aspect of the vision is that this vision must become a burning vision. It must become a burning vision. Hallelujah. Your vision must be a burning vision. As the years have gone by, I've realized that the vision you must have must be a burning vision. You cannot have a superficial vision for a large church. A shallow vision will not make your church grow. The vision must eat you up and burn within your soul. Hallelujah. Now look at me. That vision that I'm talking about, apart from it being something you see, it must be something that burns within you. Burns within you burns within you. It must be deep. It must consume you. Hello? You must eat this vision. You must sleep this vision. You must bath this vision. You must wake up with this vision. You must walk with this vision. You must dream this vision. It must consume you. I am consumed with the vision for a large church. And my pastors, we, we, one day cannot pass by without us thinking about a large church. Now, in the kingdom, the kingdom riches are not assessed on the surface. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man who went and he was looking 
for golden pearls. Who, when he found one, left, sold everything to come and buy it. You can never impregnate a woman by shaking her hand. <laughs> Hello? I need a husband and wife. Husband and wife. Husband and wife. Ah, is that prophetic? Stand here. Is that prophetic? Stand here. This is number what? Number three. Number three. You got married how many years ago? Five years ago. Five years ago. Shake a hand. Before you got married, did you sh- uh, shake a hand? Yes. Yes. Did she become pregnant? No. No. <laughs> Even hug her, hug her, hug her. Before you married her, did you hug her? I mean, some, some few times. Yes, I did. Did she become pregnant? No. No. Hugging, shaking hands, they are all superficial. But one day, you took her to your house. You married her. Yes, Bishop. Yeah. And in the house. Did you go deep? Very deep. The scripture said, deep collect unto deep. Listen. For you to bear fruit, you need deep interaction. Intercourse. Fellowship. That is what Jesus said. He said, John 15, 5, if you abide in me and my words in you, abide in you, then shall you bear forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Any branch that does not abide in me, verse 4, is cast out and is trampled underfoot by men and bent. Do you understand that? So similarly, this vision for church growth must be something that is deep-seated. Deep-seated. And it must consume you. It must consume you. It must take over your spirit, your soul, your body. It cannot be a casual thing. When I shake Lady Pastor Joy, hello, there's nothing. She can never become pregnant. Not even one day. At all. You need deep interaction. Hallelujah. So sometimes, pastors say, I want my church to grow. But it's just math talk. It's just math talk. It's not backed by any emotions, actions, decisions. It's just something that you just say. If this, if this vision consumes you, all right, what will you do? It will lead you to do things that will cause your church to grow. Thank you. Do you understand that? Eh? Actually, in the absence of a burning vision for a large church, you will never have real church growth. Eh, these are the words of a man who has built a mega church. You, be- you, you better listen carefully. You better listen carefully. 
He said, actually, eh, in the absence of a burning vision for a large church, you will never have real church growth. Listen, you will never. You will never. And he's not the only person I've heard him say that. Dr. Cho says that all the time. He says, to have church growth, you must have dreams and visions. Yes. The way a burning vision causes church growth is by inspiring and leading you on the difficult road to church growth in a way that no human being can. So a burning vision for your church to grow will lead you, it will guide you to do things whether they are easy or difficult that will cause your church to grow. Yeah. Because I can tell you that it's not easy to grow a church. It is not. It is not. It is not easy to grow a church. And as you are consumed, listen to this, as you are consumed of that vision to see your church grow from 20 to 40 to 50 to 100 and you are not satisfied, you want more, that vision, that burning vision will become an internal engine in you. That will drive you. Now, what drives the car is the engine. It's not the body. It's not the tires. It's the engine. So, a burning vision for a church growth, for church growth, will now become the engine in your heart. That will drive you. There are two people, two people who are at this conference right now. Who are attending this conference. The first group of people are people who want to have church growth. They really want it badly. It is a desire. It's a vision. The second group of people are pastors who were literally dragged here. You were dragged. But when we are coming, we are uh, like that. Have you seen a school, a school boy who doesn't want to go to school? Uh-huh. So okay, oh, okay. Okay, because you are asking me to come, let me come. But not that you really came here. Because listen to the name of the conference, Church Good Conference. It's not prosperity, marriage conference, traveling conference, you know. No. Church growth. The focus is on church growth. Church growth conference. Yeah. And when the Lord led me to do these conferences, He said, I want you, I want you to help smaller churches to grow. To grow. Teach them. Teach them. To the conference, I'll give them my wisdom. And I'll cause them to grow. It becomes the internal engine. Lift up your right hand. Say, Lord, give me an internal engine of a burning vision for church growth. Amen? As the heart panted after the water brooks, so my soul panted after thee. My soul panted after God, even the living God. When she come and appear before my God. Now, that scripture, you must understand it. The heart or the deer. The deer. David, David was saying that, that his heart, his David, his heart was beating fast after God 
or desiring after God, the way a deer's heart beats very fast while seeking for water. Now, lions are very fast, but they can run very fast for only a short distance. After a short distance, they can run out again. So, when a lion is chasing a deer, the deer is running. Is there, is there water anywhere? As the deer panted after the water brooks, he had to looking for water. You want church growth? You want church growth? Where is church growth? Where is it? Where can it be found? What should I do? How can I cut it? How do I receive church growth? Where is the answer? Your heart must be beaten. Now, when the deer is able to find water, as this lion is sitting, he just prays into it, and then swims downwards with its nostrils, a little exposed for it to breathe, and it survives. So David said, that is how my heart is beating for God. You cannot just desire church growth. Your heart, your soul, your spirit said, how can my church grow? How can my church grow? Look, you say you want church growth, you spend half of the day watching Nigeria movies. Half of the day. What type of desire is that? Recently, one of our young missionaries, the wife from him, they have been on the mission for two years. The wife just left. And I asked her, why? He said, Bishop, there's no future. I said, why? He said, my husband does not have a church. I said, why? And she said, one of the things is that he watches movies. But you read. You have come for this conference. As we are introducing these books to you, you look at the books and say, oh, you leave. You see, most of the things that I'm talking to you about at this conference, after a short while, you forget them. But if you have books, you have the messages, you have the videos, and you continue to interact with them, you'll be blessed. Hello? So a burning vision will lead you. It is a burning vision for child God that will cause you to pray. Nobody will force you to pray. You will pray. Because you come to understand that church growth is released by the grace of God. By the power of God. I showed you the scripture yesterday. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 37. God said, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will multiply them with men as a flock. I will multiply them. He said in Psalm 2 and verse 8, Ask of me. And I will give you the hidden for thy inheritance and the uttermost part of the, of the earth for thy possession. Ask of me. Talking about prayer. Talking about prayer. Ask of me. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 6. 1 Corinthians 3 and 6. He said, I've watered. Apollos have planted. But God gave the increase. When you understand that it is God that gives the increase. Hey, you want to cry on God. You want to cry to God. You want to... all the big pastors of mega churches that I've heard. One of the things that I hear them saying is prayer. Dr. Young Cho, the pastor that God has used to build the largest church in the world, 
his number one topic, prayer. He says for the last 50 years, for the last 50 years, he wakes up at 3 a.m. and prays for hours. I've heard Bishop Dag saying the same thing. Many years ago, he told us of how he, he prayed for seven hours the first time as a student at Achimota School. When I heard it, I said, if I'm, a, I'm going to be a serious man of God, I need to do the same. Nobody will wake, up, wake you up to pray. Pastor, and let me tell you something. If you don't pray, you can't have a ministry. If you cannot pray, you cannot have a ministry. You cannot. You will have a dwarf ministry for the rest of your life. That is why in Acts chapter 6, the Bible says that when the number of the disciples multiplied, there arose a memory among the Grecians concerning the distribution of the food. There was a problem. And so now the apostles had, had to now come to settle quarrels and petty squabbles and all that. And in verse 3, quickly, wherefore, brethren, give me even verse 2, verse 2. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason. Pastors, listen. It is not reason. In other words, it is not proper. It is not appropriate. It is not the right thing. It is not the right thing. That we should leave the word of God and serve tables. It is not appropriate. No. This is Peter speaking. Wherefore, brethren, look ye among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Which business? Serving tables. That is the day-to-day care of the sheep. Pastors, your work is not the day-to-day care of the sheep. <laughs> no. Your work as a pastor is to be in the presence of the Lord. That is why in the Old Testament, during the tabernacle worship, you see, the tabernacle was a tent like this. Let's use this cathedral as a tabernacle. And there was a fence just like this. And there was a gate just like that. This, this represents a very nice tabernacle. So people would come into the gate and then there was the altar of sacrifice. The priest, every day, would go and stand there. And then they would bring turtle doves, goats, sheep, pigeons, whatever. And then the priest would offer sacrifices, sin offerings, thanksgiving offerings, burnt offerings for the people. That was the public ministry. Pastor, there is a public ministry. It is very nice. As you visit the people, they say, oh, pastor, he cares. As you, as you uh, conduct the funeral services and the wedding services, and those are the public ministry. And the people see. The people see and they say, wow, our pastor is so nice. Do you understand it? And we like it. But the real ministry of a pastor is not seen. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus spoke about three things that have heavenly rewards. 
He said, when you fast, don't let anybody see. When you give alms, don't let anybody see. When you pray, don't let anybody see. And in each time, he says, your heavenly father, who see it in secret, will reward you. We like, oh pastor, you know, oh pastor, oh pastor. But after he had finished, after the, the priest had finished, he would wash his hands and enter into the tabernacle. And the tabernacle proper was divided into two. So there was a veil. The first part of it was called the holy, the holy place. As he entered the holy place, to the right was the table of the shoe bread. To the left was the golden candlesticks. And then straight ahead of him was the altar of incense. And the whole of the holy place was pitch dark. So the priest will come, change the bread, and put fresh one there. He interacted with the bread, and the bread is the word of God. And then he went and then he offered incense, which is the prayers of the saints. And then he would turn to the golden candlesticks and work on the wicks and lighten them. That threw light into the darkness, the presence of the Holy Spirit. What was happening? Every day, the priest was supposed to interact with the word of God, pray, be in the presence of God, and be affected by the Holy Spirit. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day, to work as a priest is to be in the presence of the Lord. Listen, victory in the ministry is achieved in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> victory in the ministry, victory is achieved in the presence of the Lord. That is why Peter was said that it is not reason, it is not, it's not appropriate thing, it is not the right thing that we, the apostles, we have left the word of God, and then we are serving tables. Choose people who do that. But, verse 4, quickly. But, watch this. Watch this. But, we will give ourselves, and watch his words, continually. Continually. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Pastor, your main work is prayer and the ministry of the way. If you can give yourself to the study of God's word and receive revelation, when you feed your church members with revelation and you tell them, go home and come next week, they'll be running to come next week to come and eat more. Many of you, you are feeding the people with chunk food. The food we are giving them is not good. It's not good. They are not blessed. Only that they can't tell you. They can't tell you. Yeah. They can't tell you. Listen to me. The number one reason why people, the number one reason why people join a church is the charisma of the pastor. The number one reason why 
they say is the word that the pastor preaches. The number two reason why they stay is the relationships and the friendship that they make in the church. That is why sermon preparation, preaching of the word of God, ministering the word of God must be very important to you. And you can't do that if you are just hopping around. Every adoring, you are there. Every funeral. You, on Saturdays, you start baby dedication, adoring, funeral, party. Everywhere you are moving. You are moving. You are moving. You have no time to be in the presence of the Lord. You have no time. But if you are consumed with church growth, this is what you do. Yes. He said we will give ourselves continually. 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 To prayer. Continually. That is why you must have personal retreats. You must go away from everybody and go and hide somewhere. And cry unto the Lord and say, you called me into the ministry. You called me. Lord, you called me. Anoint me. Gather the sheep for me. Cry unto him. He said, ask of me and I will give you the hidden for thy possession. For the inheritance. He said, ask of me. Ask. God is saying, ask. Ask. But you don't have any time to ask. Because you are not consumed. You are not consumed with church growth. You only say it. You only say it. I'm always looking for an opportunity to go and pray. Yes. I'm always looking for an opportunity. I'm fighting all the time to get more time to pray. Every pastor here, every pastor here, every day, you must pray not less than between three to five hours. Every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. And Saturdays, spend Saturday evening to the dawn in prayer. Asking God to gather the people to come, to be saved. Asking God to fill the church. Asking God to release his power to change the people. Start from the evening. Be in your, don't go anywhere. Put off TV, everything. Pray from the evening into dawn. The largest churches are in Korea. And that is because they pray a lot. They pray a lot. Dr. Cho has 880 people. His branches, some of his branch passes are 250,000 people. 200, 100,000 people. Those who are not trying at all, 20,000, 10,000, this type of thing. Dr. Cho can take 5,000 members and give it to you to start your church. It's a prayer. Prayer. I'm always looking for time to pray. Yeah. Sometimes I can be in the presence of the Lord continuously for 18 hours. 18 hours I'm there praying. Sometimes 50 hours I'm just there. I can be there a whole week and praying with the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer has a couple of points. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Daily bread. Forgiveness of sins. Deliverance from temptation. And then uh, from the evil one. Seven. Sometimes I'm just there. One of these topics a day, 24 hours. I'm just there. Lying down. Let your will be done. Guide me. Guide me, Lord. 
guide me. You need guidance, oh. Pastor, you need guidance of the Spirit. Jesus said in, in John 16, 12, he said, he said, many other things do I have to tell you, but you cannot bear them down. Verse 13. How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of, him, of himself, but whatsoever he hear it, that will he tell you, and he shall show you things to come. Guidance. You need to ask the Lord, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Be there. Put off your phone. And phone is, is our phones have been affected by demons. <laughs> yeah. I am fighting with my phone all the time. Nobody will call you until you want to go and pray. Then you see a strange number. A strange number. When you pick it, Pastor, I just wanted to say hello. This is one of the living that you need. Prayer. And it comes from, I'm saying that without a burning vision, you won't pray. A burning vision will let you seek for the wisdom and the strategies. That you need for church growth. That is where soaking in messages become important. That is where watching videos become important. That is where following other men of God become important. That is where reading books become important. When you have a burning vision, you like to attend conferences where these things are taught. You like to associate with mega church pastors. You do everything that you can do. Amen? One of the persons whose ministry I like is Revenue Institute. Yeah. These days I don't get time to, you know, follow him. But there was a time when I heard him preaching, I'll be there. I love, I love the way he, he ministers the words. Preaches the word. I love the way he flows in the spirit. I love the consistency. I love his strength. I love his love for God. His passion for God. You'll be drawn. So you see, as you are going, tell the Lord, I need an engine. I need a church growth engine. How many of you want a church growth engine? You need it. You, you need it. Because without that, you will not amount to much. Hallelujah. Church growth and the right attitude of a pastor. Have a heart for church growth. Number two, have a vision. Two components of the vision. See. The power of seeing. And let the vision be a burning desire. Hey, remember when we were chasing your, your wife? When we were chasing her? When we were chasing her? And some of you are chasing your beloved now. When you wake up in the morning, if you don't say hello to God, you are watching your phone. Has she sent a test? Hey, those days, you go and visit your wife. When you were dating her. The one you are going, she will say, oh, can I see you off? She will see you off 
like from here. Like from here to Tamale Central. The Central Tamale. Seen off. Just seen off. Then when you get there, and she's also going, you say, oh, I think I should see you off a little. Now, sometimes, not even Sunday, most times I didn't have money. You walked to her house. With your towel sweating. You'll be sweating and walking. And then when people ask you why you want so, I want to do prayer talks. You see, you went to the lady's house very far, walk without seeing it. Why? Something consumed you. The love for her. The desire for her. The desire for her. And that is why today she's in your house. If you can have that same desire for church growth, one of these days, you are going to see church growth in your life. Hallelujah. How many of you are here? Are you blessed? I want us to pray. I want us to pray. We need to pray. I want us to pray to say, Oh Lord, give me a burning desire. How many of you want a burning desire? Give me a burning desire. Look, I won't lie to you. I won't lie to you. I am consumed by church groups. Yeah. My former students here will tell you. It's the only thing I talk to them about. My pastors, they're always talking about it. The church must grow. The church must increase. I told you, I gave you the definition of church growth yesterday. Simple def- definition. If your church is growing, it means that God is using you to bring more people into the kingdom. That's all. Don't you want God to bring more people into his kingdom? Huh? If you have 20 people and if you have 500 people, which one is better? You must be consumed. I'm always praying. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, bless me. Lord, make me fruitful. Make me like Jesus. Jesus was fruitful. I told you yesterday, everywhere he went, multitudes followed him. Everywhere he went, multitudes followed him. The early examples of church growth were mega churches. 120 people, 3,000 people, 5,000 people, multitudes. Hallelujah. But you need a vision for that. You need a vision for that. You need a vision. I studied medicine abroad. And during my fifth year, I came to Ghana and I met my wife. Then, a young lady. When I saw her, I fell in love. When I was going back, she gave me two pictures. Those days, you know, the hard copies. Two. Oh. Ish. I'll take the picture. I'll make the picture like this. She looks so beautiful and cute. And I was like, when? When? I used to travel with the picture. Two pictures. One she was in a dress, one she was in a kaba dress. Oh. Ish. And I was a young man with fire, blood, heat in my body. Eh? And I was like, when? I have such strong desire. I used to write letters. I used to write letters. 
Some of the things that I wrote and said, only God knows how I was going to do them. But you see, I was consumed. In Songs of Solomon, he said, Where is my beloved? I've gone into the streets, but where is my beloved? I'm talking about a desire. Pray to God to feel, because listen, just, just, this, just say that I want church growth. I told you, casual browsing, it doesn't lead to anywhere. You need to go to deeper. So I want us to pray. And through this prayer, I am believing God that something will fall on you. You will receive something this morning. How many of you want it? Why is Pastor Sami? Take a mic. Stand to your feet. I want you to pray and say, Lord, give me a burning desire in my heart for church growth. Give me a burning desire in my heart for church growth. Lift up your hands. Lift, lift up your hands and pray. Pray like never before. Pray in the name of Jesus. Mahatiri Bosete. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lord, give me a burning desire, a burning vision, a burning desire, a burning desire for church growth, a burning desire for church growth, a burning desire for church growth. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lord, I want this vision to consume me. I want this vision to consume me. I want to think about it all the time. I want to eat it. I want to talk it. I want to pop it. Lord, I pray for a burning desire. A burning desire. A burning desire. A burning desire for church growth. For church growth. For church growth. For church growth. Lift up your voice and pray. You are receiving that desire. You are receiving that desire this morning. It's filling your heart. It's entering your heart. It's consuming you. It's consuming you. It's consuming you. It's consuming Lift up your voice and pray. Lord, I want it to be my desire. I want to think about it in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, at all times. Oh God, let it be on my mind. 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 Let it fill my heart. 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 Church growth law. Church growth law. Church growth law. Let it be on my mind. Let it be on my mind. Let it be on my mind. Let it be on my heart. Let it be on my heart. Rapaziba, he broke up out. Ayabori Maya, he abaralaba, Rekatoya, Apunuanta, he broke up about, Rezobrolobo, Apalimoyakata, he brapa, Ayanta, Palobayaka, he brapalaba, Aprobalaba, 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 Aprobalaba. You are receiving it out. You are receiving it out. A desire. The desire for church growth. The passion. The passion for church growth. The passion for church growth. The passion for church growth. The passion for your church to grow. For your church to grow. For heaven to be populated through you. I hope for heaven to be populated through you. You are receiving that desire. You are receiving that passion. You are receiving that passion. Oh, lift up your voice, somebody. Lift up your voice and speak to the Lord. 
He's changing your heart. He's changing your heart. He's changing your heart. He's bringing your heart home. Your mind home. Your mind home. To grow the church. To grow the church. To grow the church. Rapazoya. Apaleva. Apolalaba. Ribakadaba. Ayaborele. Ribrazabayaka. Apolimata. Iyantadalebo. Rapapao. Ribakadabao. 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 so clearly to us, Lord. And now we ask for a new heart. Different from the one with which we came. A heart that wants our churches to grow. A burning vision. A burning desire. From today, O oh God, give us an engine. A supernatural engine yes, for church growth. Yes. That will drive us to prayer. Yes. That will drive us to the study of your way. Yes, Lord. That will drive us to conferences. That will drive us to the study of books. Listening of messages. Associating with pastors, your servants that you are blessed with large churches. That will drive us to humility. 
In the name of Jesus. Yes. Father, turn us into completely new vessels. Yes. We receive this law. Lift up your hands. Holy Spirit, touch us. Yes. Touch us. Yes. And birth a vision for church group in our hearts. Birth it, Lord. Birth it, Lord. Birth it, Lord. In our hearts. In the hearts of our church workers and our helpers and our ministry partners. In the name of Jesus. The vision to see multitudes come into the kingdom of Jesus Christ through our churches. From today, deliver us from the mentality of littleness and smallness. Broaden our minds, O God, and our hearts. We give you praise and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Collegon, opposite the Collegon Main Gate. Our service times are early rain service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope service, local languages services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant Youth Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiry, please call 0278-888-884 or 543 0543- 289289. The numbers again 0278-888-884 or 0543-289289. God bless you. To glorify your name.